The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. On the rocks, my name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 172 and a half, I guess. Uh, today is Friday, January 24th. You guys may not be used to hearing my voice on a Friday. Uh, that is because I have a friend in the MMA community whom I told that anytime she wants, she has a platform on this show to discuss whatever's on her mind. Now, I've been a little bit out of the loop with MMA news since UFC 246 because I've been dealing with a sick kid and and work drama and a whole bunch of other things. So she had to fill me in a little bit. She told me she was upset and she wanted to get some things off her chest. So I jumped at the opportunity uh, to give her that platform. (laughs) Without any further suspense, let me introduce all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada, one of my favorite people in this MMA community, the Southpaw Outlaw. Serena de Jesus. Serena, how you doing on this Friday evening, my friend? I'm good. I just came back from teaching kids. My best friend, Roxy, who just, uh, as we all know, won her fight. Um, but yeah, yeah I heard of her. I'm kind of irked. Yeah, I hope. I bet you did. So did like <laughs> 1.9 million other people that night. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Love me because I'm like losing my mind. In the be- and like, they're like all sitting in front of me having their phones recording me. I'm like screaming to the phone. Follow me on Serena Southpaw. Continue screaming for Roxy. Marketing, man. <laughs> got to do all the marketing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, you, you know, you got to take every opportunity you can. So it, it was an exciting fight, I, I think, for Roxanne. Now, I, I've been following her career personally for a long time. Uh, anybody who has been a longtime fan of, of MMA is aware of who she is. But I, I think this was probably a career-defining victory for her just because of the amount of eyeballs that were on it, you know, a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. She's the headlining prelim. It's in Las Vegas. It's the first, it's the first fight of uh, 2020 first fight card of 2020. Uh, she was a tremendous underdog. I, I believe her win put her in one of the possibly in the top 10 biggest upsets of all time. She, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was great. Um, second only, if I'm looking at the betting histories, right. Second only to TJ Dillashaw beating uh, Renan Barrow. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I hadn't gotten that deep into the numbers, but I know she was a really huge underdog. So de- definitely a, a career-defining moment for Roxanne. I was so happy for her at the end of this. Um, and I, I would hate for uh, anything to kind of put a blemish on this victory for her, which is, I, I guess, what was attempted by Macy oh, Barber's boy. corner. Uh, <laughs> so was let's get ever? into it here. So, but before I get your reaction, I want to, I want to charge the battery a little bit here. I, I want to read, I want to read Macy Barber's father's statement about the fight. And then I want to read Roxanne's reaction to it. And then I would like, if you would, Serena, for you to give your anger interpretation uh, that you do so well. For those of you who don't know, Roxanne is is one of the most mild-mannered, sweetest people 
uh, you'll ever encounter uh, in the fight world or, or otherwise. Um, but but she sometimes has things that she wants to express that, you know, it's just not in her nature. So she looks to one of her best friends and training partners, Serena, to express those things for her. And uh, that's what we're going to explore a little bit here. So after the fight, it was a dominant performance by Roxanne. I mean, you don't have to know much about mixed martial arts to know that this was a one-sided beatdown for three rounds. Um, I gave her two 10-8 rounds. I think I was being a little bit biased there. Uh, only one judge uh, gave a 10-8 round. Um, but, you know, with, with the cuts and the dominant grappling, I, I think a 10-8 at least in the second round would be fair. Um, so after the fight... Uh, Macy Barber's father, Bucky Barber, uh, which I, I can't help but name. I can't help but laugh. It sounds like a cheerful place to get a haircut. Come on down to the Bucky Barber. <laughs> we'll give you a nice fade. Um, in any case, fading is exactly what he did. He faded <laughs> into the into the abyss after making this statement where he said the work was in the skill level at its peak. Her only way of defeat is if bad luck kissed her on the cheek. 10 seconds in a complete ACL tear turned the probable into the unlikely. Um, however, was it a loss? She was not beaten by a better skill set. She was beaten by one unfortunate step and turn of events that is out of her control. I I'm paraphrasing here. I just picked a couple of key statements uh, a couple of key lines out of the statement. And then he goes on to say, she'll be back better than ever. Roxanne's response, which I thought was perfect and, and very on brand for Roxanne was meh. Fathers are supposed to be biased and say stupid things. Mine used to say, I'm proud of you. So are you retiring yet? Not anymore though. At least she didn't say it. I still respect Macy for being a warrior. All right. So there we have Bucky's statement. We have, uh, your teammate, Roxanne Modafferi's response. So this is the part I, I've been building up to and I've been looking forward to since you reached out to me, Serena. Um, let's get the, the angered interpretation uh, of this response here. All right. So obviously, first off, Bucky's full of shit. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Fighters don't pop out of the womb like, you know, with a six pack and shit ready to go. My parents don't act like assholes when someone beats me. They don't discredit my opponent. And, I mean, this is a guy who's actually a manager and involved within the sport acting like this to their daughter. As I said multiple times in the polite ways I was telling Bucky to fuck off on his Instagram before he made his Instagram private because the ratio of comments compared to how many people liked his statement was astronomical. It was like he had double the amount of comments to how many people liked that one statement he put up before he set his, pro his profile to private because he just couldn't face the music and own up to the bullshit he put out. Yes, your daughter fought on like a warrior. No, it was not the first 10 seconds of the fight. What, the bell ring and the, and the sonic wave just blew her ACL out? Fuck that. <laughs> we all saw that, that Macy felt funny in the second round. She got tagged, and it wasn't a grazing shot, according to Paul. We all saw the fight. It hit her, and she felt funny, and her knee buckled. And as you saw in slow motion, she's grabbing her knee as she falls, which signals, holy shit, her knee is hurt, which is where her ACL blew out. Mm -hmm. She continued to fight. And here's the other thing. 
Other fighters have fought on injuries and have won. Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway blew his ACL out, won that fight. There's plenty of fighters who've broken their fucking hands. My, you know, I have teammates, and I know other people in the sport who've broken their hands and still win fights. But I bet if, if Macy won that fight, her dad would be like, oh, look at my girl beating veterans with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person that he's he's portraying himself to be. So he's marring his own daughter's image. If he wants to protect his daughter and be supportive, he should not be putting out bullshit statements like that. Mm-hmm. Either that or someone please get a GoFundMe to get this dude some glasses. Because, you know, <laughs> if my blind ass could see this, I mean, it's pretty bad, Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly a better route to take would be to build Roxanne up and say, look – my daughter had a torn ACL and she still went the distance with this warrior of a exactly. fighter uh, who, by the way, chose not to attack that injured knee, which uh, I, I can a lot better than I would be. Yeah, I could count on one hand the number of fighters I know that would not be attacking that leg, especially after the, the ringside physician sat Macy down <laughs> on the side of the octagon. Oh, God, like she was in timeout at recess. <laughs> No, I well, my intention is to like, get you started on a whole bunch of things. So, like, <laughs> I, sit there if that was a du- if that was a dude, that would not have happened. Look at Tiago's. Um, look at Santos who fought fucking John Jones to a split decision on two fucked up knees. Yeah. Did any ringside doctor at any point in time step in to stop to like make him do that sit up sit down test? Absolutely yeah. not. So that yeah. was a load of shit. Yeah, and it, he might as well have just painted a big target on her knee because he sat her down and he was he was like basically looking at Roxanne like, hey, it's this one. If you want to. <laughs> like, Man, and you're right. Like if it was me to somebody, I would have been tearing that leg up. And yeah. oh, God, it reminds me of how some people are like, oh, Roxy's not fit for the UFC. She wasn't mean enough to tear that shit apart. It's like, hey, dickhead, guess what? She didn't have to to win the fight. Yeah. You want to go fuck someone up? Please join a local show. I would love to see how well they would do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the fact that she has the composure to actually be that considerate uh, really speaks to her experience in there. Because, it, you know, the fact of the matter is most people are afraid to be in there. Uh, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, it's a scary and nerve wracking thing. And you want to take every advantage you can to to get yourself out of there in one piece. And if that means doing more damage to somebody else, it, you know, more than likely that's going to be the case. You're going to grab that thing and go for an inside yeah. heel hook, and and Ugh. try and, and try and rip that thing the rest of the way apart. Um, you know, like a, like a, like a chicken leg that's hanging together just by the skin. You just kind of you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul is that shit. No, no, yeah. I hope no one ever does that. Holy <laughs> oh, shit! Yeah. What an image. If he was in there with her, forget it. Yeah, uh, you know. Her oh dad. God, you'd be like ripping that shit up trying to beat her with it. But yeah, it's just like, dude, you're a poor sport. You're a father figure, and you're making. And this is not what you're supposed to be teaching your kid. Like, I was getting to know Macy with her antics before the fight and her antics after the fight. Mm. Uh, but I have to remember, I was a dumbass at 21 myself i didn't necessarily think things through either mm-hmm. but i at least had parents that told me like hey fuck around like this and seeing that bucky is almost, almost borderline encouraging acting like that is really pissing me off it's just like you're setting your daughter up for failure 
And yeah. that's what pissed me off. I mean, maybe maybe I'm the lame person who was raised old school style in martial arts. Like when I was in trouble, my dad put me in horse stance for what felt like forever. And that shit sucked. Like maybe Barber maybe Bucky didn't do that with his girl or whatever. But mm-hmm. there has to be some line drawn in the sand where like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't act like a dumbass on the internet. And now that I see like his Twitter is there and he's kind of done a 180. I'm hoping that's not just for show and to get the heat off his back from that bullshit ass post that went viral mm-hmm. from his Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get it together, Bucky. Come on, man. Please. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it's like every time now I think of Bucky, I'm no longer going to think of the Winter Soldier. I'm going to think of him. I'm going to get angry every fucking time now. And I'm, now, that's, <laughs> now that makes me double upset because I liked the Winter Soldier in Marvel. Now, every fucking time I hear Bucky, all I'm going to think of is Bucky Barra. I'm just going to be, like, triggered every time. Just, like, what? To fight somebody. I Well, if it, if it's any, if it restores any balance to the universe, I'm still going to think of the happy hair salon every time I hear Bucky Barber. <laughs> I just, I can't even say his name without laughing. But, yeah, here is a great opportunity. Um, you, you know, Macy was undefeated going into this, and it's very telling uh, to a fighter's future, how they handle a loss. Um, you, you know, if you see somebody that's humble and then they're right back in the gym and working hard and not making excuses, um, that's typically a recipe for success in my experience. Of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but uh, once you start making excuses and, and playing the blame game with different things, um, it, it's usually a recipe for repeated failure because you have to kind of put that experience under a microscope and figure out, you know, what really went wrong. Um, the, the only thing I saw, and I went back and rewatched this fight uh, right before we, we came on the air here. And I was looking for something in the first round. Um, w- when Macy was on her feet, I saw nothing. So as far as the comment about the first mm-hmm. 10 seconds, uh, you know, maybe he meant the first 10 seconds of the second round, but um, as far as I the sure first round, so. yeah, may- maybe that was just a, a, a typo on his part. But I'm going to share this here. Um, this is not an endorsement for Proper 12, for those of you watching <laughs> on, on YouTube. Um, in the first round, when Roxanne hit a very nice uh, body lock takedown uh, on Macy, and she got she passed immediately into her half guard, uh, Macy was locking her half guard down really tightly. And this isn't the best shot of it, but it was the best freeze frame I could get with the time I had. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm showing... Um, I'm showing it here on the screen. So she, she had her half guard locked up really tight and Roxanne was doing the right thing, pushing the far leg away to try and knee cut across, uh, Macy's half guard, but her leg kind of got stuck and Roxanne kind of pushed the knee to the far side, which put a lot of pressure on the knee there. Um, you know, that, that could have maybe done something that caused, caused her to, you, you know, put some strain on that ACL. And then when she came out in the second round, she got hit with a jab and and stumbled and, and got dropped. Um, But to me, that says two things. One, that joint was probably already compromised from overtraining or not taking care of herself properly. And two, if there's pressure put on a joint like that, um, that's a submission. You know, if, if she had done, if they had been in a different position and she had her in a knee bar or something um, that compromised that joint, then that's just part of the game. She didn't do anything illegal. 
mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, she was the better fighter before there was any indication of an injury. Um, and, and that's, yeah. that's the end of the argument. As far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, if there were my daughter in there, I'd be saying some wild shit too. Uh, so for that, <laughs> that's the only, that's the only defense I could give him. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting it. My dad can stay composed after seeing me lose my last fight. My mom mm-hmm. can stay composed and not follow through with her, her threat of hitting somebody with a folding chair, meaning my opponent. I really don't feel like anybody should have an excuse. If you are the person that someone is looking up to, you have to act like it at all times. Yes, our emotions a bitch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you have to re- remember not to let those emotions make things way fucking worse than they are. Yeah. It's just part of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's a very mature statement. Um, and we didn't see the same maturity from, you know, a parent, which is concerning, but not surprising, uh, that, a but we did see who is a manager. Yeah. It's like, boy, I'm like really hoping he doesn't set his, his son up now for the same failures. If something happens to him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely concerning there. Uh, you know, managers are typically not always the most, uh, you know, scrupulous people, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, um, you know, when you sent me the link to take a look at this, but, uh, and actually informed me of these statements that he made, I was definitely cringing, uh, while I was watching it, while I was reading it. And, um, yeah, cringing harder than looking at something triple C posts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, because at least, at least I know Cejudo is, is like putting on an act. Like it might be a really bad one, but at least I know deep down, like that's just his way of getting attention. He's not really that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Bucky, Bucky's that guy. (laughs) According to, according to Michael, the truth, Jackson, he really is. That was an interesting statement he put out about that. He I missed saying it. That he, oh, he's saying that he knows um, Bucky in real life and that this is his behavior 24-7. And the only reason we don't see it is because the focus is always on Macy, which is where it should be, honestly. Yeah. We shouldn't have to be talking about Bucky Barber. We should be talking about how Macy did good. Mm-hmm. Can I be a little disgruntled about her taking the mic? Probably, but again, 21, young as hell, and just it's like gave her a little pass on that. But yeah, it's just unconscionable that, like, you know, sorry, I'm mixing up my words. It's just you can't do that. You can't, you yeah. literally still stole the spotlight from your own kid by being yeah. a dumbass. It's just all, it's just, I can't do it. I mean, props to Roxy for taking this in stride because she's taking this way better than I could. Like, I'd be have I'd be probably having some words because like okay I'm just not even gonna say it it's probably really bad because it's all like mm-hmm. all I know is like if I was there I'd probably be arrested for elder abuse yeah I would I would <laughs> no it's probably smack somebody so hard first to be arrested for noise pollution then the elder abuse <laughs> yeah I mean sadly he can't be much older than myself because Macy's only <laughs> 21 she's like she's like a baby. Um, oh, I don't know. You look good for your age compared to him. How old are you? Thank you. I'm 35. Yeah, I think he's way older. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. Maybe I. I. I don't even know what he looks like. I, I'm gonna have to Google images, dude. Um. But yeah, he looks. He looks older. Let Let's leave it off on a positive, 
and uh, you know, give props to your your friend and teammate Roxanne Modafferi on on a very dominant performance in a fight that on paper she wasn't supposed to win, according to the odds makers. You know, she made a lot of people a lot of money yeah. that, that bet on her as the underdog in this fight. Um, Someone put a hundred k on her in Vegas. Won back six hundred and fifty k. I was like, "Yo, where is this man? Can he fight something? Yeah. Can he a hundred dollars my way or some shit?" I was Roxy's main yeah. training partner and person she had to throw around for this cam. Like, shit, let me let me have a let me just have a hundred, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the guy. Um, he, you know, he's gonna be a Roxanne Montefiore fan for life. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet. Shit. Like I well, have no, friends, he... I have friends in Australia. Yeah, I'm friends in Australia who thought they were big, uh, big uh, balling by putting a grand on her, and they won. And then he's messaging like, "Who the hell in Vegas put 100k on Roxy?" I'm like, "The fuck do I know?" <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of a lot of gamblers will will bet on fights just looking at the odds and not, you know, I, I've talked to professional gamblers and they they have like a system for betting and hedging their bets and like all stuff that's way over my head. I don't understand any of it. Um, but they, they know, either. they know how to work the system and, and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a scenario where that guy should, you know, throw Roxanne a couple of bucks. I mean, he made her a lot of money. He, he should be, uh, he should be reaching out and, and, and yeah, being Thunder, a quiet sponsor for Thunder her. next fight camp, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's the least he could do. Um, for a couple of grand. So you were talking, you were talking about, um, not making excuses earlier. So I want to segue into my favorite topic to talk to you about. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know what I'm about to bring up, uh, you need to check out the YouTube channel and mail the rocks and uh, look, just look at the highlights. And there's a clip of Serena's first appearance on the show, uh, um, which was over a year ago. Um, yeah. And um it, what what I'm getting at is uh Alexa Grasso missing weight and there's a couple of points I want to touch on here. So she was supposed to fight Claudia Gadelia at UFC 246. She missed weight by five and a half pounds. And um, you know, even in her quote unquote apology, she said, you know, I don't want to bring up the flu and my period coming up, um, because that's just making excuses, even though I was suffering with those things, I don't want to talk about it. But like <laughs> when you when you say I don't want to talk about X, Y, and Z, like you've already put it in people's heads, um, <laughs> which it, you know doesn't make sense to me from a logical standpoint. But this fight had to be scrapped, which for most of all, this is most unfortunate for Claudia, who made weight, showed up, was ready oh, to fight, Claudia and was willing was to take pissed. the fight. Yeah, was willing to take the fight anyway, but the athletic commission uh, wouldn't wouldn't sanction it. So, um, what are your thoughts on the on the commission stepping in here? Do you think they should have allowed it to go on? And and please, by all means, give me your unfiltered thoughts on Alexa missing weight here. First off, I have no respect for these hoes. Second off, <laughs> don't spit out your whiskey. Don't spit out your whiskey. <laughs> all right. And yeah, I was there at weigh-ins. I was there live because Roxy was there and I was just cheering on my friend and whatnot. But oh uh -huh. my God, you could just feel the anger just radiating off of Claudia. Um, and that point, five and a half pounds a lot. So especially for straw weights. So yeah. 
I'm going to unfortunately side with the commission on that one. I mean, if you have your, okay, flu, I can get, period. You got no fucking sympathy for me. You have, <laughs> you have sympathy for me for the flu, but still, at that point, you should be calling people like, yo, I'm going to fuck up right now. Can we, like, make this a catch weight? Yeah. Normally, things would be better because it's saving your opponent from having to suffer more. And it's saving yourself from having to suffer any more unnecessary bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's better to play safe than sorry. Be on the phone like, I'm going to cut promises. I'm a little fucked up right now. It's not hard. I've had, mm-hmm. I've seen people do this in other fight camps. I know that's a thing. I'm pretty sure that would have saved the fight. But, but to mm-hmm. Grasso's credit, she's she said now after this missed weight again, she's now moving up to flyweight. This will be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, um, you, you got to wonder: is this the beginning of the commission starting to step in a little bit more, or is it because of the weight class, like you said? Um, you know, maybe it's not that big of a difference for like a light heavyweight. Um, but yeah, at 115 right. pounds, it, that's, that's huge. That's like an actual what? percentage of your body weight. And she weighed in five and a half pounds over without uh-huh. any clothes on for the record. Yeah. I don't know why fighters do it. Like they take off all the clothes and weigh in just cause if you know you're over, I mean, dude, you're over. It's okay. I, well, it's not okay, but it's just like. I'll make it a spectacle. Yeah. Um, I think for the lower, until you, we get to the 170s, you know, I think the commission can kind of step in a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because like, especially for us women with this whole thing with missing weight, I honestly wish the Japanese system would be in place. Like you miss weight, you get a point taken off the card because mm-hmm. people will not care about giving up like two grand or something as long as the wins on the record. Cause if they win their fight, they're going to get more notoriety and they get more chances to make more money to make up for that lost couple grand in the future. Yeah. Versus you take a point or two away from the miss of weight. Then the odds are now not in their favor. They lose the fight. They lose the extra money. They lose the potential notoriety. Like that's what I think should happen. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there because it, at the end of the day, a win's a win. Nobody's going to remember that they missed weight um, and had mm-hmm. an advantage. Uh, so if you take that, try and counter that advantage by taking a point away in the fight, uh, I think that'll do more than the financial penalties, which don't seem to be much of a deterrent. People are like, they all really right, a couple, a couple grand, and I don't have to suck myself dry, and I get to be a, a bigger, stronger fighter in there. Um, all right, cool, mm-hmm. I'll just pay it. Um, you know, which which shows a, a degree of mental weakness uh, because, you know, you're probably physically able to make the weight, but you know, you, you could, you could throw a couple of bucks at the problem and it goes away essentially. Hence I say um, no respect for these hoes. And this, uh, this also applies to dudes too. Dudes could be hoes as well. Yeah. And, and I knew that line was coming and it still almost made me spit out my whiskey and <laughs> nobody makes me waste whiskey, Serena. So that no, you, you no. should, you I should put that. Stop! Don't do it. You should put that on your resume. Like, <laughs> I almost, almost made Bill Walker from... <laughs> spit out his whiskey. That's an accomplishment. Like, don't do it. <laughs> that is a serious accomplishment. Um, all right. It should so, be on my next shirt. It should. Just put can... no respect on, for these hoes on my next shirt. Yeah, it absolutely should. Uh, you know, put me down for ten of them if you make that shirt. Will um, do. <laughs> all right. So 
two more things before I let you off the hook here and and uh, go out clubbing or whatever you, you young kids do on Friday nights. Um, <laughs> is, is there any news? I know the answer Play to this question. Play PlayStation inside with alcohol. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm 50% on board with that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a PlayStation, but I have a lot of alcohol. Um, so yeah. I know the answer to this question, but I want I want the people to know, is there any fight news for yourself uh, I know you had your Invicta debut a couple of months ago. It didn't go your way. Personally, I thought it looked very good in the fight. Uh, you showed a, a lot of positive things, and I thought you had a great attitude um, after <laughs> a close decision loss there. Um, so is, is there anything on the docket coming up soon? I fucking wish. I got three more fights left of my Invicta contract, and I was hoping to jump on that February card, but that got filled up. The one bantamweight slot, um, slot got filled up, and I'm like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand waiting this long, even if it's like two months and people think it's soon. Shit, get me in there now. I hope I'm yeah. in for the next card. I'm not eating these sad little bullshit cups of food for nothing, <laughs> having my weight there and running and doing all this extra shit. Mm-hmm. Look, my inner fat ass is pretty pissed off at me right now. <laughs> so I hope to have a fight to like make that inner fat kid a little happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that's an interesting motivator. That's a new one for me. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you get in there soon. And, um, you know, as soon as you have some news, of course, we want to have you back and, uh, talk about it. Um, (laughs) they do. Um, and probably by the time a lot of people listen to this, we, we tend to be a, a Monday morning commute podcast. So people may or may not realize, uh, this episode is out there, but uh, you know we got some fights tomorrow night. So um, anything kind of jump mm-hmm. off the page on this fight card here uh, for you personally that you're looking for me? Forward it's to? really the main. It's really the main event. I mean, holy shit! I feel still for Blades and everything that's happening, and he's going against Junior Dos Santos, who's a scary man. So it's going to be interesting to see if the unfortunate shit he had to go through will either be a motivator for him to get things done or if it fucks with his head a little bit. I hope it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I honestly, as much as I love Junior Dos Santos and I always have, I really hope Blades gets this one because Mm -hmm. this can hopefully be a thing to help him move on from the tragedy he had to to like live through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And as always, I root for my girl, Angela Hill. Angela Hill is awesome. I mean, I feel like she's, I feel like she's on every other card. Like this girl, she's a fucking G. This girl fights. She is a motherfucking G. That's how it's supposed to be. That's what I want to be like fighting all the time. Angela Hill is a fucking G. So of course she's fighting. Yeah. I'm on weight and I'm ready. It's just like, shit, let me be that girl too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that last girl I fought, Tanisha Tennant, no one wanted to fight her. Mm-hmm. After my opponent dropped out, and there's like, oh, you want to fight her since no one else is? I'm like, sure, fuck it. Even though she's got the long ass arms, she's gonna probably walk in on her arms and not her legs. It's just like <laughs> shit. Seventy two inch reach. That wow. that girl had a reach as big as Mike Piles. That is almost unheard of in my division. I still came for that ass. Well, I know you're doing some boxing with Mike Pyle right before he came here, so at least that helped you prepare. Uh, to deal with that kind of reach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm moving. Just, I'm doing all sorts of shit. 
The, the last thing I feel like this is a fight that's flying under the radar is the co-main event, Rafael Dos Santos and Michael Chiesa. I feel like not a lot of people talking about this one, but um, you know, th this one definitely piques my interest. Uh, how do you see this one going? I'm biased. I'm really biased because Chiesa trains with him again, but that's a toss oh. up, man. I really want, I mean, it's because Frank and Pettis, my fun little name for uh, <laughs> RDA, thanks to Tommy Tollhold. That will never get out of my head. Um, That's a good a tough one. tough-ass dude. He was a former champion. Dude was a former yeah. champion, so he's hard. But, like, Kiesa is a hard-hitting motherfucker. And this this is another dude who was injured in a fight and also didn't give a flying fuck and just kept coming for it. Uh -huh. So this is a toss-up. But I really want I want Kiesa to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I think uh, it's going to be a fun one. You know, if if Kiesa oh, gets yeah. on top, he's going to be a problem. The fans win. Whatever happens with this fight, though, the fans will be winning. For sure. Uh, the other one that um, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to, just because I'm I'm such a fan of his brother Gilbert, is the debut of uh, Herbert Burns, who uh, oh yeah came through Dana White's Contender Series. So I mean, Contender Series. Yeah. So uh You look good out there too. So it's just like I mean, they're killers in that like, household. You know I, mean? I don't know what Mama Burns mm. was feeding those two when they were growing up, but uh it, it made for some outstanding fighters. Gilbert, I feel like, is one of the most underappreciated combat athletes out there. I mean, the guy's out there doing agreed uh, you know, submission grappling on the weekend and and uh MMA during the week and, and and everything in between. The guy just loves to compete and and he'll fight you know anybody anywhere. And, and not a lot of people want to get in there with him for good reason because uh, he's he's killing dudes yeah. in there. Um, so I'm excited to see his brother get in there. You know, hopefully he'll he'll make a big splash. He's gonna be fighting Nate Landwehr. Um, That'll be interesting carrying the family tradition. It's all I wish my brothers could do too. I know one of them will be. <laughs> That's good. I mean, you know, got to hope for the best, right? Mm -hmm. All right, Serena. Well, I, I'm glad we could have this little impromptu episode so you could do your uh, anger interpretation that I do so enjoy. I know a lot of other people do. People were clamoring for it when we kind of uh, teased, <laughs> teased this episode on Twitter. Um, so, uh, everybody here knows how to find me. Let the people know how they can get a hold of you. And if, if you have any sponsors or shout outs you want to give, uh, the floor is yours. Um, so everybody can follow me on Instagram, Twitter at Serena Southpaw. Um, thank you to all my sponsors. Hi, Desert Pythons. New one I just got um, yesterday, actually, now Fit, uh, Fit Boxer. Um, uh, all my fans who've sponsored me, like Mike Crilly, uh, Michael Walchat, um, Combat Sports Law. Um, fighting for autism, um, Black uh, Black Lotus uh, Tattoo Studios in Baltimore. They're really awesome. Um, but yeah, all my sponsors who've like really stepped up and helped. Oh, my consumer IT. They're also really good. They've been helping me with my technical sh my technical shit because I may be a millennial, but I fucking hate technology half the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thank you, you guys for 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 keeping my back on this. So and thank you, Bill, for having me on. It was, it's nice to use all my bad words that Roxy will never use. <laughs> Someone's got to, it's all about balance. Someone's got to do it for her. I agree. 
um, you know, restoring balance to the universe, I think, uh, is an idea that, that the Dalai Lama was a big proponent of, and and that always kind of resonated with me. And okay, Thanos. all right, and Thanos. <laughs> I, you know, Thanos, the Dalai Lama, eh. same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same ballpark. <laughs> In any case. Thank you so much, Serena. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this, uh, I guess, half episode, which which turned out to be almost a full-length episode just because when Serena and I get going. Um, you, we you get know. going. Yeah, we get going. <laughs> All right, and now we're going to get going. So <laughs> until right. next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>